the schemes of a professional monster hunter who will stop at nothing to celebrate the artistic work of their father. Somebody write this. Welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea and then brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And here to help us with our brainstorming today is Janetta St. Clair. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. We're super happy to have you joining us. You found us through a previous guest of the show, Lenny Westifer, and we're so glad that uh, you got referred to us to come and join us today. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. All right. So when we were talking a little bit before about what you might want to talk about in your interview portion, you mentioned that you uh, run a, a comedy show. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. What is the format of this? What are what do you do in, as part of it? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I'm currently working on my elevator pitch. So here we go. It's not going to be great. Um, <laughs> I run, I host and produce a comedy show called Dry Show Wet Comics. And the reason it's called that is because it's an alcohol-free comedy show. And I created that so that, you know, there's just people that are sober, want to get sober, maybe don't want to drink tonight, and just to have a safe space for them to do so. And then all the proceeds from every show go to a different nonprofit every month. So we put it on at the Comedy Nook, which is in Los Angeles at like Melrose and Gardner. Mm. And um, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's a really fun time. And the thing too is like with all the comics, it's like they all have some sort of relation to whether it be like recovery or just social justice issues, allyship, because it tends to be a typically more queer show too. So yeah, Yeah. that's where it goes. It's a little bit of everything. (laughs) No, that's awesome. How long have you been doing this? Um, This month is going to be our fifth Awesome. Is it tell me a little bit about the process of are you the one who's who's choosing the the comics? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, tell me a little bit about that process. Are these people that you have already been familiar with? Do you like go out scouting? I really know nothing about how this works. Oh my god. Okay. So I started doing stand up before the pandemic. So that I think in like 2018 is when I started doing stand up. But before that I was doing comedy and the thing is is like I wanted to there, there was like this thing that I wanted. I wanted the comics to be funny. I wanted them to be talented in some way, but also I really wanted them to be kind. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and I was finding that in the comedy space, it was really difficult to find, like I come from the improv and sketch world. So it's all like, yeah. we all get along and we're all best friends. Uh-huh. But in stand-up, it's a little more cutthroat sometimes because yeah. it's like you're by yourself. <laughs> you're right? competing against other individuals more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I just don't love that. And so I was like, I want people that like are all supportive of one another. And honestly, like since I've come back into this like post-pandemic, if that's even a real thing, yeah. I feel like I have cultivated through this specific venue, which is called the Comedy Nook. It's um, owned by my friend Thenya. And she has also like helped me find people. She gets what I'm going for. And she also is that person that really like brings together a really solid group of people. So some are my friends. Some are people that I've found on Instagram that they've posted a video and I'm like, they're really funny. Then I kind of look through their social media and see like, Mm -hmm. what are they posting about? Who are they supporting? And then 
if Thenia or someone on Thenia's page with the comedy nook, I look through that. I kind of see who she's posted about and start following them, check out their page and just see who has, it's a vibe really. Uh Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like we, how we find guests for our show. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that. So much of this is not just about, it's not just about, are you funny, but really trying to create this sort of community kind supportive vibe. Like that's really interesting to me that that's a part of the, of the process of finding folks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's been my like absolute number one focus. Because even before the pandemic, I had a show that we started producing and our first one was February, 2020. And so we all know what happened that next month. Uh So it was supposed to be a monthly show, but that was still like, that's where it was starting. And that one I was co-producing with two friends of mine. And so this one, I'm just producing by myself, but also, I mean, co-producing with Thenian, co-producing with the Comedy Nook. So Mm -hmm. Thenian and I just, we get it. We're both like very similar people. She's like, just the most warm, squishy human and creates just such a beautiful space for people. So I'm just like so happy that we bumped into each other at like a mic. And then she was like, do you want to put on a show that has something to do with not drinking? And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So there we go. That's so fun. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> we we had went on for way longer than we usually do because this I'm was so, so sorry. interesting. No, it was because I wanted to know more. Yes, oh, yeah. like this is it was good. It was oh, that's oh, that's really exciting. We'll have to yeah, we'll have to really nudge people to be like, yeah, you could be a patron for just two dollars and hear the rest of that because there was so much. <laughs> um, I, but with that, we'll step on into our brainstorming. Yes, as a reminder, our plot that we're working with is the schemes of a professional monster hunter who will stop at nothing to celebrate the artistic work of their father. Which... Where do we start, Janetta? <laughs> yeah. What, you picked what, this. What are your initial thoughts, <laughs> questions, assumptions? What are you thinking? Okay. Now, when we say monster hunter, are we saying like like actual, like, what are what are those things called? Um, what's Yeti or whatever? Yeah, like oh, cryptids. <laughs> like cryptids. What's a cryptid? Yeah, like like Bigfoot, like the mythical creatures who people, Big some foot, people are sure they exist. Uh, All of those. Cryptid? Who are like, yeah. Cryptid, yeah. I've never, okay. Um, well, no, you learn something new. Vocabulary <laughs> time on somebody write this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a lot of that from me. Okay. <laughs> so. Love it. Great. Okay. So it's actually going for those kind of monsters. Why did I pick this one? So, um, (laughs) or, I mean, it could also be like someone who's hunting down monstrous people. (laughs) Like, like, I like the idea. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's, maybe it's both. Maybe it's just like, I love a vigilante. Uh Yeah. I love a vigilante. So I'm going to go with a vigilante vibe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like maybe Um, a, a bounty hunter, who also takes care of the supernatural when he has to? Or yeah, like maybe, well, maybe they market themselves as a monster hunter, knowing that they'll be able to get business from both sides. <laughs> nice. Yes. Well, you got to keep it open. Times yeah. are hard. Times yes. are hard. Yeah. And we got to take the jobs we can get. So maybe sometimes it's like this person is is like, oh, it's uh, this horrible serial killer it's like oh i want to get that person and then they're like by the way we also had this yeti come through and it's like oh god carl why do i gotta get the yeti and sometimes they're both sometimes it's a serial killer who turns out to in fact be a vampire of some kind yeah Yeah. so 
But also like, what if, what if, I don't know. Now I'm just going into a, a cuckoo land. Hey, welcome well, to the show. That's most of our show. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, it's like, why do vampires have to be bad? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why do these people... <laughs> I'm only doing that because I'm such a horror junkie and I like love, I love horror. I love zombies. I mean, I genuinely, when the pandemic happened, I was like, is this the apocalypse? Do I survive? How do I make this Drawing on knowledge of horror movies. Like, okay, what happens next? I was like, I set up base camp here. I go steal this cart. Like it is, Uh it's almost like a fantasy in a very weird way. Anyway, that's it. No, we're with you. So so I love this idea. I love this vigilante character who hunts down both real, uh, both traditional and supernatural monsters. Yes. Um, So now we have to deal with what will stop at nothing to celebrate the artistic work of their father, which seems in no way connected to their day job. Like what is preventing them from celebrating the artistic work of their father. Oof, what what would prevent, what is this artistic work that anybody doesn't want it to be celebrated or shown or whatever? Maybe they don't want it to be shown. Maybe they had a really tumultuous relationship with their dad. Oh, so they're kind of... So it's like this this pulled both ways. Like I want to celebrate yeah. my father and nobody's, nobody's celebrating this artistic work that my father's done, but also the same time I'm torn because my dad was never really there and cared more about the art. I don't know. So, Maybe. okay. So what if their father's artistic work is not celebrated because their father was turned out to be a vampire or something? <gasps> turned out to be a See, now, now you're connecting the dots. Yes. Um, and so, so part of this professional monster hunter, maybe, maybe they do not, in fact, hunt down these monsters to to hurt them. Maybe they're, like, finding them refuge somewhere. So we get into this, do vampires have to be evil? Do zombies have to be evil? And then being like, hey, my father was cast out because of this. And now I'm going to... And they'll go back to the original people and be like, yeah, and like Snow White and the Huntsman, being like, yeah, I got them. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> but really, they helped them find, you know, a little cottage in the forest. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and, and then, yeah. so what's on the art? What is the art? Is the art the monsters? Did the father paint or create, I don't know, some sort yeah. of artistic thing that was an expression of who the dad was? And then people are like, we can't celebrate this. This is celebrating the monsters. Yeah. Yeah, I have this image in my head of the father having like this fall from grace, but mm-hmm. but not a deserved one. Not because he yeah. like actually did anything bad or wrong or harmful, but just because of the stigma against these monsters. And as soon as it was revealed, maybe his artistic work always kind of like hinted at the human side of these monsters. And people were like, this is, this is fascinating until he turns out to actually be one. And now it's, you know, propaganda or something and we don't trust it anymore. Okay. You've done a lot of episodes of this podcast because my God, (laughs) I'm just, I literally put my feet up and I sat back and I like, just listen. I was like, this is fucking great. Tune in. This is our story. So what is the artistic, I mean, we say artistic work and the first thing that goes into my head is paintings, but what if, what is the medium here? Like, Mm. does he do artistic short films? Does he do, is it writing? Is it live performance? Is it live performance? Like the dad is sitting in a box and everyone's watching as he transforms into a werewolf? (laughs) Is is he a (laughs) stand-up? We bring in your show. The father so, performed at your show. So he's like a vampire. So he's like, be positive. Am I right? 
<laughs> if he's a vampire, he has to perform at night. <laughs> so late night shows would be great for him. That's true. That's very true. Oh my gosh. Um, I guess every every artistic work that I think of as being interesting, all of them, I'm like, yes, that one. And then as soon as I think of another one, I'm like, yep, that one. Right. <laughs> so, so maybe he was a little bit of a, of a renaissance man and did a little bit of everything. Uh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it was something, their father was working on some big collaborative project. And part of the, mon- the, the Monster Hunters scheme is to, um, part of the celebrating it is not just to get it like, not just to go around being like, I love this person's work, but actually like fully realize maybe like his incomplete masterpiece. Ooh. And that requires having, uh, finding other supernatural creatures to make, like it, it's a live performance or it's an orchestra uh. or something. It's something that, that, uh, that they need. They're collecting a, a theater group to put on this last play or whatever that her father wrote, that their father wrote. And, so it's yeah, it's celebrating or, it not just like yeah, it's it's bringing it to completion. It's the posthumous yes. Um, oh, whatever. I see what you're saying. So the stop at nothing is this professional monster hunter trying to finish the father's final piece. Yeah, right. Like Which being would able make to actually realize really the difficult. image he couldn't do because if he's if he's a monster <laughs> hunter, yeah, like he's gonna have trouble working with those people to put them together for his father's work yeah you're like yeah, you're I, gonna, know, I know i arrested your cousin last week but mm-hmm. can, yeah <laughs> but can i borrow you for five minutes like i really want to get this work <laughs> exactly. done exactly well, but also in my head i love the idea that the monster hunter is uh, again you know bringing these monsters to a refuge and it's just like a giant theater commune in the woods <laughs> 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 like where yeah, they all are creating things and they're Im- working improv on improv workshops <laughs> They they perform for each other. They have a little uh, um, a repertory theater where they just circle around and different people play the same thing. Oh my God, I absolutely love it. So then I also see like, I mean, this is jumping ahead, but when he yeah. finally does get all of them together in this space, after he connects with all of these people, like, I'm sorry that I, you know, arrested your cousin. I'm sorry that I killed your niece. Yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. like all of these things. He finally gets them into this theater space in the woods, you know, because mm-hmm. it's an outdoor amphitheater type situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then his boss or the person that monster hunters boss or whoever comes or partner comes uh-huh. and is like, what are you doing, man? This These thing. are monsters. So that's, like, that's where it's coming to like a head, right? The yeah. climax. <laughs> Somebody like, pops in on the doing? dress rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's not just about helping the monsters have fulfilling lives, but getting it accepted by the human community. Because like, who's yeah. the audience? Exactly. Yeah. You know? And then and like, whole, yeah, go, go, go. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> I like the idea that that the father had been had been like weaving these themes. There's there's a there's a weird theory out there that says that Pixar uh, made all these films about uh, empathizing with cars and fish and things, mm-hmm. uh, specifically to create children to be more empathetic, so that when the aliens come, we won't immediately destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So that's my favorite theory is that this is a deliberate thing because we know we're going to encounter aliens and we have to be kind to them. Um, (laughs) But so I wonder, like, I love the idea of the father, like very deliberately, like in his work, kind of priming people to be able to understand and accept and be able to to live harmoniously. And um, this last piece is very much about that. So like, even after he's gone, even after his work is no longer technically celebrated, maybe there are like, maybe his work is still like part of the revolution (laughs) kind of thing. Um, yeah, there are still people circulating his 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 poems and his plays and his paintings, and then this this final piece is something that they like you know come out of the woodwork to be excited about and to share and to pass it on. And, like this is the turning point for mm-hmm. um, for making social acceptance of this and social um, the stigma of this like goes way down after this because if they can get this message out to not only the people who are already aware of this and already kind of letting this ruminate. I don't know. I don't know. There's something about that that's really interesting to me. Yeah, I, yeah because it's it's what we were talking about earlier, like bringing everybody together to like, yeah. can we all just get along? This went from <laughs> in my head like an HBO Max series to now it's like, oh, it is like uh, animated. We're like writing the next Monsters, Inc. is what <laughs> yeah, we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> And they There's would a- be lucky to get this story. There's a, there's a, like a Steven Universe vibe to this for me. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, you know, this, the sort of, you could absolutely have like these individual stories of someone going out to rescue these monsters um, under the guise of destroying them um, and, and bringing them back to the commune. Um, and it's, you know, it's, that was one of the things that I loved most about Steven Universe is that it was constantly about him going out and finding these forgotten creatures who had been, who were maybe uh-huh. against humans or angry at them and bringing them back and they become part of the family. Yes. And I love that. Like you could absolutely build that. I am going to pause this real quickly because we do need a title and we have such a good story here that I'm kind of <laughs> scared to get anything. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. So it's not, it's not terrible. We'll have to figure it out. Our title is The Two NYC Roomies. <laughs> so oh, we're well, not now we know where the monster- woods anymore. <laughs> well, we n- now um, we know where the monster hunter lives. Yeah. There we go. Or, yeah, what I'm wondering is if there's like a... Because <sighs> I started that and then didn't have a place to go. Because if monsters were going to live in a metro area, it would be New York City. Oh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Underground tunnels. Right. Subways, mysterious apartment complexes, just the sheer mass there's, of people. Like, you could hide easy. But there's only two of them in this case. I'm wondering if the two is... Hmm. One is... One is... One, I think, is definitely the monster hunter. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe and, one is a monster. Right. Either one is a monster or one is a, or the other one is the, the antagonist. Uh, um, I'm getting grim vibes. Ooh, ooh, the friend that shows up in the middle of the performance. That's yeah. like, what are you doing, John? Ooh. I don't know. I keep saying John and Carl. It's just because those are the first names that come to my brain. <laughs> no, totally and I don't even love John and Carl, but that's what works. So, <laughs> so yeah, She's so like it's, it. the, it's the um, the friend that's like, I get what you're doing. I get that you love your dad. Mm-hmm. I get that you want to bring us all together, but I don't think the world is going to see that. Yeah. And it's like this friend that like wants to understand, but is like torn because maybe, you know, maybe. he's like, can't see it. Right. Well, maybe, yeah, Carl, the- maybe Carl lost his parents to a Yeti or something. Oh, well, there we go. Right. That's it. That's or like, exactly or there's what really it interesting. Is. It's interesting to me about like the, the idea of having someone in this group who like, hypothetically thinks that yes the world should be able to uh, to appreciate this but thinks that like actually trying to do anything about it is going too far 
Right. Like, like the one who's like, you know, I technically, I think, yes, it would be great if we could live in a world where everybody was accepted, but you're actually putting your job at risk or your life at risk and isn't fully drawn into, no, we have to like be part of the resistance, the revolution and make this happen. <laughs> um, and so kind of pulling them along and being like, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, Monster Hunter is trying to keep them from like really finding out what's going on. So some of this tension is about like, trying to hide what's going on from mm-hmm. them. Um, that's mm-hmm. almost got like a, again, I'm going to the short form animation, silly kids TV <laughs> series, but like that's got a little bit of like a, like a Phineas and Ferb vibe. Oh, <laughs> where like We're like, they're doing something big and dramatic and sneaking a, sneaking a zombie down through the subway system. <laughs> and, uh, and their roommate is chasing them around trying to catch them doing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was just like zombies. Yes. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It's- See, now my brain is trying to cast them as Joey and Chandler from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> so the initial pitch that didn't make it. Right. <laughs> oh, in that case, Joey is definitely the monster hunter, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? You think I he don't know, like, I coordinated? I would well, see Ross as a no Phoebe, obviously. Phoebe yeah, would be Phoebe would be the monster hunter. Phoebe or, or, would be the monster hunter. Or or potentially Monica, who would be like extremely methodical about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> be like, um, but I like I like the idea of a bumbling Joey type who like has such a good heart and wants to help people and yeah. keeps on almost revealing his schemes to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we got we have all this buildup and then like just hit like the the final block about like I guess I'm starting these sentences and have no place to take them. Um, I just, uh, and I guess we are close to the end of time. So <laughs> I guess we actually do have to wrap it up in the next like five minutes or so. But yeah, what are we, what are we missing? What pieces are not connecting or not falling into place? Well, I, I feel like what you were saying, I like the two roommates that one of them's like doing this thing for his father to get to this final performance. It, this mm-hmm. has to be an animated yeah. like Pixar type thing. Mm-hmm. But and then the roommate is like, "What are you doing, man? My my parents got murdered mm-hmm. by because always there's murder in Pixar, and it's like always. that's extreme. <laughs> yeah, but it's like got murdered. Disney kills the parents always. Yeah, but mm-hmm. really, what it wasn't murdered by the Yeti. The Yeti was trying to save them after a car mm. accident. Uh huh. But so they thought when, the Yeti caused the car accident. Exactly. So then when when the performance is happening and the friend shows up, the Yeti is there. The Yeti is there. And the, one of the friend is like, what are you doing? That's the Yeti that killed my parents. Yeah. And the friend is like, I think you two need to talk. <laughs> oh, and then, and then roommate is fully on board. <laughs> like learns to. It's so warm oh. and fuzzy. <laughs> And the friend's like, and, yeah. what? And he's like, they actually got into an accident because your dad was wasted. No, I'm just kidding. But they got, <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, it was your dad's fault. No, but they got into an accident and I was trying to save them. He's like, wow, that's not what yeah. the news reported. And they're like, well, fake news. <laughs> well, I mean, well, and maybe it was even because like the actual, like maybe the actual thing that happened, like maybe it was covering somebody up. Like maybe it was, maybe it was, uh, a, a, the governor. I was, was going to say the mayor. Was Governor mayor was drunk joyriding and crashed into them. Yeah. So like, and who so, is the real bad guy? 
So the Yeti came out to save them. And uh, the the mayor was like, uh, the mayor's PR people were like, obviously, this is who we're pinning this on. <laughs> Get some photos and right. chase them down. And so, so yeah, so it comes back around to being like, the monsters are not the enemy. <laughs> it's it's these other people trying to pit us against each other to cover the up their own junk. It's the government. It's the it's the it's the the power the the power ups the power ups the higher ups in power who are trying to use this pit us against each other so that they can get away with whatever they want. Yes, I like it. And then they do their final uh, their final big performance uh, on the steps of City Hall. Ooh, yes. It's a musical, so you end with a big musical number of all these monsters dancing and singing, and then the Yeti gets elected mayor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and the song is the song is per- co-produced by Justin Timberlake and Pharrell. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, let's just be real. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is kind of delightful. I, <laughs> I would love for this to happen. Um, and we're we're right at the time, so I'm gonna say, uh, listeners, I would love to see anything that you come up with with this, like this delightful show <laughs> um the episodic children's tv show t- animated tv show um Which, whichever would direction, like see- even if you don't want to take it that direction i mean this story we've got yeah. a skeleton of a plot that could go several different directions yeah well yeah. for so long so- sci-fi and fantasy gets used as as a a way to talk about real life issues yes. <laughs> and this is absolutely an opportunity for that exactly um, and a way to explore that in a really fun way so yeah, I would love to. I would love to hear any of your ideas with this. Send us uh, which monsters have to be included. What is? Send us the dance number for the ending. <laughs> yes. um, send us pictures of them all in their theatrical commune just outside of New York City. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Or they're in an abandoned subway station. Yes. One that was never completed. They're all oh. because the acoustics down there are great. Oh, of course. But then the final performance happens at Woodstock, obviously. Yes. They're bringing yes. that back. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, folks. Yeah, you know what to do. We need to, We anything you send us, we will be happy to share around uh, and inspire other folks with this idea. Um, with that being said, let's move into our section of the show where we recommend something that we think our listeners should check out. So I want to recommend a book that I just finished reading called, uh, Pir- you know, I don't know how to pronounce it, Piranesi, Piranesi by Susanna Clark. It's a really strange book <laughs> um, that uh, a lot of people who read it apparently found it just like really boring. I found it fascinating. It's set in this in this world where you don't know what's happening, really. You can't quite parse what's going on. But it's set, uh, this narrator is lives in this giant house with like thousands of halls that he navigates through and narrates what he finds. And as the story goes on, he starts to learn a little bit more about like who he is and what this place is and what's going on. People start appearing that he's never seen before, but it unfolds so slowly and, uh, well, not so slowly. It's, it's actually a pretty quick read, but it unfolds folds piece by piece until you like are slowly starting to put things together. And it's one of the most fascinating reads that I've, I've read in quite a while. And I, uh, it's currently my second highest rated book that I've read this year. <laughs> um, nice. after, right after what moves the dead by T Kingfisher, which I know I recommended before. And it was, it was just so fascinating. So Piranesi by Suzanne Clark is my, my recommendation for this week. Um, I toss it to Jenny. What would you like to recommend? Uh huh. I I would like to. Uh, last episode, I recommended a found footage horror film series, and I had a second one that I wanted to recommend, Hell House LLC. 
is a found footage horror film about people who run a haunted house. And they've been running it in New York City, but then they want to find a new venue. And so they find this abandoned hotel out in wherever it is. And obviously they get there and things start going wrong. So they're setting up a haunted house in a haunted house. And um, it's good. And it has two sequels and they're actually connected with the first one in a way that makes sense. I mean, like no horror movie is perfect and there'll be things that you see and they're like, okay, yeah, that's cliche. That'll happen. Mm-hmm. But the story is complete enough and the scares are good enough that like I was just riveted the whole time, all three movies. So if you like okay. horror, you like found footage, give those a watch. You've been watching a bunch of found footage and all the sequels, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe, like you recommended what? one last time. I, you must be on like on a on a streak. <laughs> I found, I had a cold and I found a list, the 40 best found footage <laughs> nice. horror films and I was going through them. So yes. That's nice. <laughs> All right, uh, Janetta, you get to recommend one as well. What would you like to recommend to our listeners if they haven't checked out? Ooh, okay. Now that we're in this horror world, because I love it. Um, my friend's film actually just got put on Netflix. Uh, it's called Soft and Quiet. It is brutal. Um, just be forewarned. And the cool thing about... So basically, it kind of... <laughs> I'm like, I want to say what it is without giving it too much away, but basically, (laughs) yeah, it's a group of women that come together and you find out that they're like a group of white supremacists, but they all look kind of like Susie Homemaker type Stepford wives. Creepy. And creepiness ensues. Um, It was written and directed by this Chinese female filmmaker and she did it all in one take. Um, it's a, it's an hour and 40 minutes. They shot it four times, four separate days in a row and shot it like a theater performance basically. But I mean, but they shot it all over. So it goes from like a school in a car, in a, in a different, uh, house, in a store, like, but they continuously shot it for four days. It was almost an all female crew and I'm pretty sure it was. And the cinematographer was just had like had prepped for four months with like a camera on their back, like prepping for the physical exertion that this was going to cost. So it's a crazy cool film. And this filmmaker has just kind of blown up. So basically they made it with their own money and then it got picked up by South by then it got Blumhouse and now it's on Netflix. That's nice. so cool. I will, I will yeah. definitely have to check that out. That sounds super fascinating. Yeah, yes. It's um, crazy. I, before we go, Janetta, we want to make sure that you get a chance to plug anything of your own that you want. So uh, what would you like to share with our listeners? Oh, um, and there might not be anything. That's fine too. No, uh, let's see. So we already talked about my show. So if you're mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, check it out. Follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Um, And let's see, I do have something that's coming out in this film festival. It's called Marque Dos. I actually play the Karen of it. (laughs) My name's not Karen, but I play the Karen. Uh Uh But it's a really cool short film. I'm really excited about it. It's about the um, Afro-Latina experience with this one specific writer, director that wrote this story. It's a comedy. It's funny. Um, and we're going to be in this film festival. And then from what I've heard, rumor has it, it's going to go on Netflix as well. So So yeah, it's called Marque Dos and almost all of it is in Spanish and I don't speak Spanish. So 
a lot of Google Translate for me. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but everybody was absolutely incredible. It was a really cool project to be part of. So I'm very excited about it. That's super cool. And we'll get your your Instagram and toss it in the show notes so people can find you. Janetta, thank you so much for joining us. This one was really fascinating. It was really fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you were able to join us for it. Oh my God, are you kidding? This was so much fun. I feel like Yay. I know you both already, just for years. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. Love it. And we'll have to we'll have to connect sometime if I'm ever down in LA. Oh for yeah, sure. for sure. All right, folks, that is our episode. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts and join our Patreon for bonus material. We have an amazing extended interview from today and you can get that (laughs) there. Um, And today we want to especially thank our patron, Grace, for supporting us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod or on Facebook slash SomebodyWriteThis. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a bit of story or anything else, email us at SomebodyWriteThis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks, and we'll see you then. And as they say, that's a fish which is brought from afar. Do they? (laughs) 